0: Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast. Because I don't know how you're consuming this content, I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy, and as we start off every episode, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to all of the students from By the Hood University, as well as the youth in our By the Hood Ownership Camp. We appreciate all of the support, and to anyone who supported us in any way, shared any of our content, you know, like one of my memes, whatever it is. We just want to um, make sure we show you love back and say that it's all appreciated. Um, as you know. Our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing amazing things and building businesses and just putting out positive energy into our community. Uh, My brother Corey's not here today. He's out actually uh, working with some students. But with that being said, we do have a brother on who's um, building an amazing business. He's in the trucking business, but he has a specific way that he actually builds his business out. Um, We just recently spoke on a panel together uh, over the past weekend, and after I saw him speak and tell a story, I said, man, we have to get you on the podcast to share your story with our audience, man. So without further ado, I wanna welcome the brother Sherby Andre on. How are you, good brother?
1: I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Thank you, Jimmy.
0: Thank you for having us on. Absolutely, man. Listen, your story was very inspiring. In fact, i, I, I want to tell you this, like, so one of my closest friends and business partners was actually in the audience and he's built a, a million dollar trucking business, right? But he actually did it the hard way, Um, you know, and he heard your story and he comes to me after the fact, he was like, I wanna switch, I wanna do that. <laughs> And this is someone who put the, the you know the blood, sweat, and tears into you know doing it the traditional way. And um, when you shared your story and how you do things, he was inspired. So I definitely want to plug you two guys together. Um, so you could talk. But uh yeah, your story was amazing, man. And I want to make sure I share that with the audience, man. So, first of all, before we even get started, um congratulations on all your success and everything you got going on. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Just the beginning, man. All glory goes to God. That's right, that's right. So let's so let's do this. So let's start with your story. Where are you originally born, raised, where are you from?
1: Yeah, so I was already born in Haiti. Uh, me and my mom, my, my brother and sister moved from Haiti nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine. 1998, 99. So I've been living in
0: Philadelphia ever since.
1: Okay, so okay. I'm so, in Philadelphia.
0: Now I'm outside of Philly. I'm right there in Westchester. Oh, you're in Westchester. Now? Okay, so you, but you originally actually were born in Haiti. Correct. Yeah. I'm Haitian. Okay, interesting. All right, that's what's up. Shout out to all the Haitians out there. Uh, you yeah, know, that's um, I say. so. Those? That's right. That's right, that's right. So what was it like, um coming up when you first got to philly? like what was that uh, coming like coming from Haiti and then coming to Philadelphia? What was that journey like? It was a culture shock,
1: you know, like you know most people that go, if any of you know some of
0: the Haitians in Haiti uh, back then, like i wasn't
1: I wasn't was privy to having that uh, electricity completely everywhere you went to some of the basics commodities of life that we that well, yeah. how old were you? How old were you when you came? I was like seven, seven, eight, eight years old, I think at the max, yeah, I was eight okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like,
1: the part of Haiti that we lived at, you know, we had electricity, but it wasn't, like, all day. It was, like, you know, the lights came on at night, and that was it. Uh, You know, so when I came here and I saw, like, we flew into New York, man, I I remember the drive from New York to Philly. I was, like, blown away in awe of everything. I remember the first time seeing snow. It was snowing, too, so I was, like, man, I was, like, I I was completely giddy like a little kid. I just wanted to go outside and play because all this stuff that was new. But it was a complete culture shock, like, moving here. So You you know, in the seven years old, you have to learn a whole new the language uh, I had to go to school uh, with people I didn't necessarily know how to communicate with, but man, I throughout the whole process, I mean, it was always good to make good friends and people that could help you through the process. So, and um, I'm just glad
0: for all the people I met in the beginning that made life easier on me. Got you, got you. So it was a complete transition. Yeah. Um. So what yeah. what kind of student were you? Uh,
1: like, if you mean any, like, listen, I, I was a straight A student. You know, like my mom didn't play that. Man, like, you know, school was our job. So you know, if you there was no such thing as a uh, Getting C's, D's, man. Like, if you meet any islanders or any foreigners, they, yeah, they-
0: I was going to say that anybody I know that's come from there, they said, Look, there's this no joke, like, doctor, Damn. lawyer, engineer, right?
1: Yep, and, and you know, it's a funny part that that's that's also a trauma that a lot of uh, a lot of uh, foreigners uh, face because, man, they like a lot of foreigners, like they said doctor, lawyer, or do, uh, doctor, lawyer, or um, engineer, anything outside of it, they, they looked at it as a secondary class, but um, <laughs> they, but they don't understand success in a, in a lot success in a lot of different area.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting, right? Because I've, I've actually heard someone um who reached success in business. and They were making a joke and they said, doesn't matter to my father, he said, you're still not a doctor. Like, <laughs> and they, Look, and they got a 1000000 dollar business. And he said, my pop doesn't care I have multi-million. He said, you're still not a doctor.
1: I'm like, wow. Yeah, like, like, my little sister's in medical school. She's the creme de la creme of the family right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Interesting. So that's interesting. Like culturally, that's interesting, though. Yeah. All right. So, so um, about your journey, though. Like, um, did you finish high school in Philadelphia?
1: Yeah. So um, I went to uh, ENS George Washington Carver High School of Engineering and Science right there at um, 16th and Norris, right in the middle heart north of North, north, north Philly. Uh, after After mm-hmm. graduating, there I had a full ride scholarship. Ended up going down to Lock Haven University with it for uh, got my degree in biochemistry. Yeah, completely left field. Right, I broke up a little bit. Uh, I said yeah, you I, broke up a little bit. Where'd you after, after you finished there? You went to where? I went to Lock Haven University. That's okay, like, Lock Haven. Mountain man. I got my degree in biochemistry. Got in and got out.
0: Hold on, where where is Lock Haven? At? I never even heard of
1: Lock Haven University. Where's that at? Oh man, you, you, like, you got, Lock Haven is one of the schools. Man, you would be late night watching. You see the infomercial when they got a song associated with it. But Lock Haven is <laughs> up in the Poconos, right off of uh, uh, I-, I eighty. Like it's, it's, it's actually, okay, actually, like, it's, it's
0: not. It's not Little Romeo school, though, right? It's no. not. <laughs> 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 All right, got you. On, but, uh, <laughs> but it's up in the polka nose, man. Okay, got you, got you. So you said, bi- well, so you were on your way to being a doctor then, right?
1: Yeah, so um, I started off um, pharmaceuticals. So I, I did I got my biochemistry, uh, got into um, pharmacy school. Um, didn't necessarily want to keep going. I walked out. It's just, uh, yeah, I believe in a, uh, there's a million ways to get the same lifestyle. And I'm um, immediately mm-hmm. got there, two hundred thousand dollars in debt, and for something I didn't want to—I I didn't want to do. It w- would have been like a waste of my time because I, I was work at that time. While I started my first semester there, I started working. I was managing two pharmacies in Philly, and then um, you know, in the process of working there, like every day to Monday and the day, and I remember we got robbed a couple of times, and I was just like, you know what, I man, this 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 not worth it.
0: I like um, that saying. It's a million ways. To, it's a million ways to get the same lifestyle. I like that. Yeah. Um. How it works for you. So how did you get into entrepreneurship? So what was that like transitioning from, you know, being working in a pharmacy managing multiple pharmacies? What was that transition into entrepreneurship for you?
1: So my first um, like uh, introduction to entrepreneurship was a a friend of mine Renaud, uh, he introduced me. He at the time when I came out of college, I was working at the store at the store and um, he was building a multi-level marketing company a uh, business called Amway. So to okay. so this day, I'll give I'll give um thanks and appreciation to everybody. Like I said, man, I, like if you ever see a turtle on a fence post, uh, the saying says they it didn't get mm-hmm. there by itself. No, no turtle can climb a fence post. Somebody picked it up and put it there, right? So that's why I, yep. I, I always say that everything that we have is all I've always people that pick me up and put me in certain places. Um so when I when I came out of college, my firm Renaud introduced me to a couple that just poured into me I and mean, poured into me as far as the entrepreneurial mindset, man. They started giving me books, CDs, audios, man, taking me to conferences uh because my entrepreneurship is not just work it's a mindset it's a thought process so man I, it, it took a while for me to flush out all the work 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 mentality that i had because i knew how to work hard and that's what my parents taught me if you be, if anybody that's what your parents teach you but when it comes to business it's a different type of work so I yeah. process i was literally able to uh, to to learn how to think for business how to learn about business how to communicate so they gave me they, they poured into me and they changed that they put the vision in front of my mind as far as i could get my i could buy my freedom because you know, like I, I, I just thought making two hundred grand a year was the goal. You know, mm-hmm. making a hundred thousand dollars a year as a doctor, pharmacist was the goal. But that don't that that making a hundred thousand dollars a year, one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, paying all these taxes and still working 50, 60, 80 hour weeks for somebody else was wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be the lifestyle that I really wanted. So as I got around them, I started seeing the lifestyle that somebody some of their mentors provided, and I started I started I got, I got a taste of the hunger. Is that is that one of those things when you don't know? It's okay that you don't know, but the moment that you've seen it, you touched it, you you've seen somebody else achieve it.
0: There's no mm-hmm. you to go out and do it. Got you, got you. So that's that's man. That's why representation matters and someone taking you under their wings. So was a couple of things today. You talked about mentorship for one, yep. Um, which is very important. Having a mentor and having someone to kind of like you know uh, give you the game plan in terms of what to do. Yeah. So. Like now, now, you're very successful in trucking, but you have a unique approach to trucking. Um, you know that we talked about. Um, how did you make the transition from like managing uh, multiple pharmacies into getting into trucking? Like, what was that journey like from, you know, starting your career and you thinking that's the way that you know you want to go, have that career, make the money, and then transitioning?
1: Yeah, the transition the transition for me was pretty simple. Um, like I- my needs and wants changed. You know, at first it was the- I was in the process. I want to make more money. But then, as, as I started being in a relationship with my wife, my kids, and myself, we became, I need more time. Money, when you answer the money problem, the, the challenge that most people don't have is time. What's the point of having millions and millions of hours to have the time to spend it with the people that you want to do? So I was making money, but I was giving 50, 60, 70 hours a week of my life Wait for it. And then, um, and, and in order for me to buy back my time, I needed more money. Okay. It was kind of productive. So that the only way, the only person that I know that was going to be willing to give me that is with, with myself. Nobody else is going to give me that. Give me that. Um, so in the process, man, so I thought, you know what, well, maybe I could find a job, work from home. So I transitioned from working in a pharmacy, went to IT. IT. But that I that, that gave me a little bit more flexibility where I could travel and do things at, you know, take mm-hmm. my laptop and do stuff. But that required a lot more time, too. And then I still didn't have the time that I wanted because, you know, the more money you put that job pay you, the more ownership of you that they really have.
0: Mm. So let me ask you this, though. Like, so... What was the first thing you did? Like, how did, how did you get into like, where did trucking come in?
1: Oh, yeah. So, uh, so at that time, I was sitting out with Herman. I was hearing about, you know, that's this when uh, They were doing a lot of real estate stuff, um, and he was helping me with the business credit. So, I knew Herman since I was like nine years old. You know, as I was a kid, too, he was the youth leader of our church, uh, of our the Haitian coalition. Okay. So, uh, me and him sat down on Panera bed on City Line, and he was helping me get my business credit together. And then we were asking him to help me purchase my first property. And, you know, I've learned, that whenever you're around people that's more successful, then you should ask a lot more questions. So uh, throughout the process, I'm just like, hey, Tim, tell me what's, what's some of the new things that you got going on? What's the next step for you? And he was like, yeah, a friend of mine uh, owns three trucks and he made like a quarter mil, so it's like $350,000 at the last year. I was like, what? And I was like, like how much does a truck cost? And he was like, yeah, like, you know, 40, 50,000. I'm here about to put $200,000 in a house and I was gonna make maybe like $700 on the <laughs> on a, uh, on a monthly, you know, after I pay everything. And I was like, man, like you talking about with $200,000, I could do the same thing, go buy four trucks. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I heard that and, um, um, I asked him to connect me with his friend and his friend at the time was in the process of, uh, of, of, of he just had a son and mm-hmm. he was on the road. He was driving physically. So we never was able to get together. I'm a person, man. Like I'll, 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 I'll say this all the time. I'll, I'll take somebody with knowledge, with, um, well, it's ignorance on fire versus knowledge on ice. What that means, man, I'll take somebody that, that don't know everything, but they go out and put the work in, just have pure excitement and figure things out through the actual work, versus somebody that sit here and get all the details, and they get what's called constipation of information. They have so much detail, the second guess everything that they do. Sometimes you could be overeducated in something and get stuck with the education. So, man, I, I was impulsive. So I literally went online, I put, I put a status out, hey, listen, man, if you know anything about the trucking, let me know. Uh, let's talk and let's figure something out. So man, I was thinking people the lunch, the dinner, like just uh, asking them questions about how to get yeah. to the drug industry. But the truth of the matter is a lot of them were workers, they were drivers. They, none of them understand the business side of it. So mm-hmm. I I'm like, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go behind a, 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 a semi. And um, and so I like later, like two, three years go by, a friend of mine that I grew, I went to church with, that's why I always say, man, like, man, there's always a bigger hand in play. Like, who would have mm-hmm. thought that like, God always has a plan? I went to church with her when I was a kid. She got married and moved down to North Carolina. Okay. Her husband is a pastor and, and, and also started his own trucking company that he was running with like 10, 15, 30 trucks. Wow. So she, she emails me and uh, sent me a, a DM like, hey, you might want to talk to my husband. She told me this like on the third, she like, told me like on Wednesday, That's that same Friday or that following weekend, we flew out to North Carolina. Mm. So I sat down with them. I started asking them how to do, do things. I told I told him straight up, look, look. Man, I know you already got your company run, you got the logistics here's what I want to do. I want to be more on an, an investment firm I want to be like you know what, what if I got the truck because I, like I was hearing about owner operators people that own their own truck but they drove it themselves that's essentially the you're buying a job. There's nothing wrong with it. You. you're still a business owner that's that's, that's not wrong with it but I, I didn't want to get a CDL So I told him hey what if I bought the truck and then you helped me he, you help me staff it and you could run it for, through your company and you could just charge me like an owner operator. you know the owner properties get paid like 10, charge like 10, 15 percent whatever it is to that or company that they, they they work with to keep them running, to run under their authority, their name, where now I'm actually in the trucking industry. I'm not taking all the, the, the risk, all the risk is not on, on me. I might take it as far as like maintenance and breakdowns and stuff like that. But as far as like the insurance, insurance was under the company I ran with. Mm-hmm. Um, DOT compliance under the company I ran with. Uh, man, IFTA was under the company I ran with. So all these headaches of running a full corporation, I could outsource it for 15, 20% of the income where I have a profession that's already been doing it. man, I'm okay with paying, paying people for what they're good at. So I, I sat down with them, I got impulsive, went out and bought two trucks for 30,000. I was like, man, it was two trucks available. Man, we bought two trucks for 30,000. I was like, yo, let's go. I'm like, if you made, <laughs> made 250, you know, I'm like, if I get two trucks, man, that's at least 120, 130. I'm like, I'm ready to quit and walk out my job. <laughs> but you, you learn, my first year, man, I got, a, I got a licking. I got, mm-hmm. I got a I got a licking. I paid my dues. I tell people, man, like man, that's what mentorship is for, man. Mentorship is trying to start try to keep things, keep you from paying all those dues because somebody already paid it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody already paid it. See, I got I got into it and got excited. I had somebody I could work with, but I didn't have mentorship.
0: Gotcha. It's a different having somebody you can work with in mentorship, advice and mentorship, big difference. Big difference between advice and mentorship. Yeah, I like that one too. And you dropping bars today, man. You said a couple of things right there. Ignorance on fire versus like all the knowledge on ice. I like that one too. Um, so let me ask you this question, right? So, so what made you even like come up with that play, right? Because most people who get into the trucking industry, they you know, they know I want to own, I want to do this, I want to do that. Like, how did you even put that whole play together where I don't have to take all the risk? I could just sit back here and make the income and pay. Like, what, what made you even think of that? Well,
1: essentially, I wanted to find a way to make it passive. I'm okay. pretty sure I'm not the only person that's done it, but I'm pretty sure I, I they probably did, they did it probably before me to have this. There's a lot of people that do this now. Yeah. But, uh, it's just that I, I'm probably one of the few people that actually offered it to help other people do it. That's probably why people wouldn't necessarily hear from me because people do it themselves. They, I'm, like, the owner operators were doing that already. We, we just didn't know if, if we thought we had to operate and be in the truck to do it. Yeah. I'm not. but yeah. what's the difference? If I own a truck and I hire a driver, to go do it, and I'm and I'm the owner. I'm getting paid. That's a win-win situation. So, like, I wanted to find a way to keep um to do the least amount of work possible with the trucking piece. I realistically, I wanted to do like like real estate was. You know, you get your you get your property, you do the work, you set it up, get it up and run, and get your tenant, and then you pass off that property to a management company. And mm-hmm. you Anything that happened, don't call me. Call the management company. The management, <laughs> company. the management company can take care of any breakdown, maintenances, all that stuff. They 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 collect your pay, and you just get paid as the mm-hmm. owner of the building. So I was like, yo, what if I could do that with the trucks? Gotcha. That's, that's, that's what it is. What if I could do that with the truck? Buy the truck, set it up, get it up and running. Deal, you do deal with the management company, and I just give my money. If a breakdown yeah, happens, good. management company take care of it, and then it makes life a little easier on me. Because I understand this, man. I, like, a lot of people hear about the grand card on 10X rule, right? Mm-hmm. Man, my mentor said something to me a, a long time ago. Like I said, like, like, everything I've done, man, it's because I have people in my life that's put me on. To this day, I always I'll tell them, thank you. As a, as a company, Lamar Daniel Jones, uh, that used, uh, I worked in, the, in the, with the, uh, uh, built the Amway Corporation with, and they they put a lot of thought process in me to help me with it, right? You yes. know said, man, you, you want to find a way to get 1% of 100 people's effort versus 100%, 100% of your own effort. He's like, "What? Well, that's crazy. He's like, when you put 100% of your own effort, if something happens to you, if you can't physically work, how, what, what what do you get? What's 100 times zero? Yeah, yeah. zero. But if you get 1% of 100 people's effort and 15 people don't show up to work tomorrow, Still get 85%. Still getting 85%.
0: Yes.
1: It's not hard to get one percent from people. So I so I looked at it like this. I was like, if I'm getting to the truck and I'm like, yeah, listen, I'm not I'm like I'm not gonna be the person that's gonna be all up in it. If I could make I was lowballing this, this is the beginning. I ain't know how much how much money really. Well they like, listen, if I could make five hundred dollars a week from each truck, I got two. That's a thousand dollars a week, four thousand dollars a month. That's a good the passive income from a from a thirty-forty thousand dollar investment. Because I remember I told that's you I told a, that's me, I told
0: amazing, that's me. amazing returns.
1: Exactly. But I, you know, I didn't answer all the risks, you know, things that come with it. But I, but, but that's how I looked at it. I'm like, if I can make $500, I'm going to 10X it. Yeah. I'm going to get 15, 20 trucks. And then you make if I'm making 500 for 15, 20 trucks and I don't have to do the day-to-day operation, I'm not worried about all these stuff. I'm not on the phone. I'm like, I'm okay getting, you know, you look 500 times 20, that, that, that is $50,000 a week. Well, let me ask you a question. In that first year, what was the biggest mistake you made? I bought two trucks without um, thinking. Like I got excited with the thirty thousand dollars. Okay. I jumped in. I didn't understand all the uh, how to properly find a truck. So I bought two junk, two, two, two junkers. Uh.
0: For the first two
1: months, I put sixteen thousand dollars more of, of work into the truck.
0: Hmm. Okay, got you, got you. You just jump. Yeah, it was just you, excitement.
1: It, it was pure excitement. Oh, yo! I could make two hundred fifty thousand with two trucks. Come on, man! I, I, and the two trucks came to me. It was one thing I should I should been smart. I didn't ask for mentorship. I didn't go to the person. Uh, people I knew that was already in the street. And how I'd probably find the truck. We
0: just bought it out of the strength. It was two trucks being sold. Got you, got you. All right. So this is interesting—the the way you put this play together—and now you're showing other people how to uh, do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this: Right? You, you figured this play out, and now you have other students that you're showing the exact same play to. Right. Realistically speaking, though, what kind of what kind of um? Um, investment will someone have to make um, to first of all get your mentorship and then two to get started. Okay. So there's two ways I, I offer. I have, a, I have a pre-recorded video
1: um all the steps on how to properly go out from step one to, to A to Z, finding your truck, where to look for it, how to what kind of test to run for it, like everything that that I should have did in the beginning when I first bought my truck and all that stuff. I even give out some of the companies that I, that, that I have contracts with. You can reach out to them, and they'll, they'll help you do the sublease agreement, all the stuff that I did. I had that class as pre-recorded. You can, go do, you can watch it, but do it on your own, right? The, the class is $1,500, and you got you can do as many as you want. Uh, for my one-on-one mentorship, I charge $10,000 across the board. Uh, I'll, I'll physically do your first truck for you, get it up and running, set it up, walk you through hand-in-hand, hand, and see your truck's on the road. At that point, you take over the management of it and keep it going. Then you still have access to my company as your liaison. When you go call us, anything that happened you, as you do your process, you can't figure it out yourself. You can call us, we'll help you make sure we do our best to help you on that back end, right? What we do at Andre Family Enterprise, we like do a full servicing management company. We help people be able to um, invest into the trucking industry and in more of a passive stream of income. And I tell people, when I say passive income, it's passive for you, but not because we're doing the work. You yeah. want to get into passive so fast. No, somebody got to do the active work for it to be passive for you. Mm-hmm. what we do we, we'll help you find the truck we'll do all the testing on the background with the the, the, the dyno test i have a mechanical look at it fuel injector test blow by test oil sample test all the testing and make sure that the truck is it's a good truck to buy because people can make a truck look real nice detail it and then you drive down the road and the engine fall out gotcha. and any truck you any truck we buy we make sure we have the warranty to cover it to make sure that our clients have a truck um, I'm not guaranteeing the perfect truck. Here's why, because it is a used truck. There's things you're not going to know until you put 40,000 pounds on it, but we're going to mitigate your engine blowing. We go, we could, this test you could do to make sure that the major components are, are functioning effectively. Once we find a truck, our company, we do the staffing. We find the drivers for you. Make sure the driver is experience, background, uh, able, OTR. So we set it up, we get up and running. The average truck now is costing anywhere between I mean, that, that, that 65 to like 75, you're going to get some crazy amount of numbers right now. Trucks I was paying $30,000 for a year and a half ago are almost double, triple the cost now.
0: Mm, everything's up now. Everything. Let me ask you this. How much opportunity, because I know I'm asking the questions. I know someone watching or listening to this is going to think, okay, well, with other people running this play, how much opportunity is actually out there in the marketplace for someone to get involved in this business right now? How much opportunity? All right, I'll, I'll
1: say this like this. Right. So right now, uh, the U.S. had ha, ha, is having a problem. All the all the all the, largest, all the tr- ships that are bringing all the um, products, there's like 45 or 85 ships that are stuck on the ocean right now that mm. can't get unloaded. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what's gonna have to move it? Trucks. So the whole United States economy. You, I, I tell people all the time, you want to see uh, America go to a third world co- country real fast? Let the logistic companies shut down. Let all is just, let's say the um, truck is going sh- on, on strike.
0: Yeah. And that's why the, that's why they're, uh, that's why it cost more to get into it now. Right. Exactly. So like, yeah, I look at
1: everything, everything that we do, cause we transport unless you're doing something that provide a, uh, 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 a product that's online where you don't physically have the, any physical components, but if you have something that has any type of physical component, it gotta be delivered and transported from point A to point B. So whether yeah. you're fluent, it's brought in by boat, by train, it got to get on a truck one way or the other. Mm-hmm. There's more, I, 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 from what I've seen, there's more work available than
0: trucks and drive drivers. So I, the, the work is there. Got you. All right. So let me ask you this, right? So you have a, uh, your own fleet of trucks now, and you've never gotten behind one and driven one before? No, I drove one in a parking lot. I drove one in a parking lot. <laughs> 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 dribble the
1: parking lot like, i had to see what it's like in the parking lot like, but i'm like nah, I've, I've never driven on a, on a highway or not like i've
0: been in the truck while somebody else drove it yeah so it yeah me like oh yeah i'm about to do a load no that's amazing that's amazing all yeah, right yeah. so that's, that's 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 an interesting story man so you actually started uh, and shot to herman as well um you, you were trying to get you know in the real estate and you know bumped into this and now you went full uh, you know full-fledged into this so this is dope this is a dope story um let me ask you a question. Do you have a book or something that's inspired you along your journey?
1: Yeah, was plenty of book. Um, there was a book called um, uh, by Darren Harding called "The Compound Effect." The Compound Effect. Okay, good one. Um, it, it really talks about man, small decisions compound over time. You look about the resources you are. So people see, um, now some of the success that you're having, we're having the, the mm-hmm. all, this, that all these entrepreneurs are having in general, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the, what they don't they didn't see is the small decisions you made for the last five, six, seven years. Yeah, time when things weren't, you, you didn't know if everything's going to go perfect, but you kept on making the right small decisions. And then you look back. It's like the, it's, it's like the penny a day aspect.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like someone says, "Uh, I'm an overnight success. It just took about 10, 15 years. Exactly. Yeah. Like people forget, man. Like um, what they see when you're successful is the highlight wheel. Yeah. they
1: don't, they didn't see, they didn't see the nights, the stories. They didn't see, they, like it, 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 we live such an Instagram um, time now that mm-hmm. people will look at your Instagram highlights and things you put up and think that's what it is. Yeah. But they Not didn't the see point. what it took with it. This is my, it's my highlight.
0: Yeah. It's almost like uh, sports, right? You see someone, um, you know, playing basketball, you can see all, uh, all the, the times they went to practice, the times they practice, they didn't feel like it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Here's, here's what
1: I've always said. Like, so you, have, you ever miss a basketball game or a football game, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, you're like, ma'am, I want to catch the game. So you go on YouTube, you catch that tw- like like five minutes, or three minute highlight of the game. Yeah. look like it was popping and crazy, right? Like, but they just you all, all the dunks and everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're good. You're like, man. Then you go back and you watch the actual game. You're like, this game was whack. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that's how my story is. It's like, man, like you will see the, 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 the short clip of the three minutes. And they're like, yo, sure we did a lot of things, a lot of work. But when you watch the full clip, there's a lot of ups and downs and things. Like, man, that,
0: that's, that, that's been rough. Yeah. So the compound effect, that's a good book. That's a good book. Yeah. A good, and it's a good way to look at it. Um, along this journey, though, right? Starting where you, you know, you start, like you told your story, you started in Haiti. Um, you got over here. You told, and your story is amazing, right? So, you know, you thought you were going to pharmacy, and then you end up in entrepreneurship. But along this journey, uh, what do you think has been like the biggest hurdle or something that you had to overcome to get you to where you are today? And understanding that success is trauma too. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, explain that one. See, so like uh, when,
1: when you when you so, so a lot of time because of social media, a lot of people blow up pretty, um, the excitement and perception of success blow, blows your name pretty fast, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not ready mentally for. The success that comes gonna it'll it actually take a toll on you. That's why you see so many people now that talk about mental health. Yeah there's, mental health, there's a lot of successful entrepreneurs that have, have horrible thought they have horrible thought process and it's stressing because you it's because you could be thrust into a life uh, to a lifeline where I mean, if you're not ready to reciprocate and you're grounded in who you are it could cause a lot of frustration with family friends because in the process of you building your success there's a lot of uh sacrifices you have to the invest There there's a lot of time and I didn't show up I mean, for five almost for like five years straight people didn't people didn't see me mm-hmm. i what didn't come to mean? birthday I, I didn't come to the birthday parties I, I missed out on this i was i was traveling to do this i was trying to do that i for that big print i had put my business first and uh i forgot that like you know you did you had to have a balance yeah but i was okay being unbalanced at that moment because i knew it was there was a, a termination date on it
0: got you Gotcha. But like
1: all, all that throughout that, that process, that costs a lot of it costs a lot of um, you know like late night stresses. You are trying to figure out, I mean, you want to be there for your family, you want to be here for this, you want to be for the good times. But you know you gotta go out there and put the work in because that this is this is the life game. And once you become a full time entrepreneur, bro, there's no like back. that's not a back door. This is how I live. This is how my family eats. This is how my wife and my kids eat. There's no such thing. I can't come home and be like yo, I'm tired, man. I don't feel like going to work today.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Right, I was just watching um new the new Kanye interview on drink champs right and he's in there talking about you know being a billionaire but it's interesting how i'm watching this and he doesn't seem happy and i was telling someone i was like you know this is funny how this dude is worth billions of dollars but somehow i still feel sorry for him watching him talk about it right because because he doesn't seem happy right and so there's like a disconnect and so i kind of get what you're saying about you As know, an entrepreneur, you got to figure out the balance. You got you got to figure out how much of yourself you're going to give to, to
1: other people and businesses, and, and mm-hmm. make sure you don't give just leftovers to your family and yourself. So I, it took me a while to figure out that balance and learn how to do that for myself. And then um, one of the one of the craziest things entrepreneurs that we especially when we when we are people that provide products,
0: mm-hmm. we don't know
1: we don't know how to say no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like we literally put a lot. Like when, in the beginning, when you start building your business, you are helping a lot of people, help teaching them this, teaching them that. Yeah, I put a lot of people's well-being on front of minds to make them happy, make sure that they're good and they're making money and all that stuff. And the same thing on the back end, I got to figure my things out. So I had to learn balance. Like, no, like, man, look, not all money's good money. Thank you. I It'd appreciate great, it. Yo, I'm back. I was, like, in the beginning.
0: I feel like you're talking to my spirit right now. I I, I relate to that, man. Damn.
1: In the beginning, man, like, know I, I, I said yes to anybody and anything that wanted to come on that wanted my help. And I would just give myself away because I kind of like, man, that's what I got to do. I got to build my name. I got to give you here. I got to give me that. I'm like, man, like, it got to a while. Those people didn't appreciate that. Because here's why I noticed those same, those same people, the, the, uh, they only cared about their finances, their money. It's you
0: know like, a, a great conversation because I think a lot of times um, in business, we focus on the money so much that we never think about what true happiness is exactly so
1: like yeah.
0: I, mean, I, I had to get comfortable with
1: just saying no like no i'm good man so i'm taking care of myself um i thought I, I just saw this, i saw this the other day one of my business partners said it to me on um and uh he said that i became i, I, I started to feel really successful when i started being selfish hmm. and i was like. And I, I, I was like, that's weird. What do you mean by that? He was like, man, like you spend so much time giving yourself away to people. You actually, sometimes as a business owner, it takes you longer to get to your, your pinnacle of success for yourself, where you felt like you could step back and breathe because you've invested so much in so many other people. You never took the time to build your foundation for yourself. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's why I said that Instagram um, uh, um, success where you could literally post a product tomorrow. One person give you a, a, a like, and then next thing you know, you're a guru to a million other people and people run with that. I'm like, yo, like, bro, yeah. you, like you said, man, you was just on the street the other day. Like, yeah, get yourself out the street. Some people are, they're, they're playing the facade because of Instagram, uh, it was that instant gratification.
0: Yeah, that social media is dangerous, bro. It's, it's, it's yo, very, it's very it's dangerous. Great. It's great, it provide a lot of a lot of help,
1: but man, like it gotta be done at the right time with the right mentality. You gotta be fortified mentally in yourself and put yourself in a better position before you go out there and give the world. I mean, in the beginning this, this is a perfect example so as i started when i first started this right the trucking i was doing it for myself only me and my friend me and, mm-hmm. me and my four friends and we were building it we, we, we took it took me two years two years of losses before i finally got it right okay but i, I mean i would not change those two years i paid my tuition i understand i the good bad and ugly and other things that i messed up so then when i, when I got to the point I, I started offering to people, i didn't offer it to people I, I the, the first my first few clients that I did my, my uh, Andre fan started working with was actually Herman Dolce and his rock boys okay. if you know many and all these guys yeah. So I was managing their trucks first they were my first client that I managed the trucks for them for, for them and I learned through that process that felt good before we even opened up so it was like it wasn't I didn't start opening up offering like mentorship offering people opportunities to get into the trucking business and or me managing their trucks for them until January of this year got you so two and a half years of learning and failures and all that stuff before I even thought about getting involved with people.
0: but like in, in that process, what do you think is the biggest lesson you learn um, in the trucking business? Like, you know, I know you talked about the, the mistake of just buying trucks. Well, is that the biggest lesson? Or what do you think is the biggest lesson you learned these last couple of years about that industry? It requires money for you to,
1: for you to keep your, operating. but You got to treat it like a real business. You can't treat it like a side hustle. There's a lot of business you can get into and treat like a side hustle and you get away with it. This is big boy. Right, so
0: like, I see I see that same thing happen in real estate, right? Where folks don't, I mean, keep it very simple. People don't put up reserves. They just ball out on their money. So is that what you're talking about in trucking?
1: 100 Cause like, here's what it is. Because uh, so I, I tell people that as anybody I sit down with them, i hope to help you get your truck up and running. I'm gonna manage it for you. I, I tell you, man, the industry, the industry, you hear me say this, man. The industry is a high risk industry. You go. You, there's a lot of money you can make, but the, that industry is going to ask for that money back. So if you have a truck and you're running the truck, you're making 10, 20, 30,000, whatever it is you're making, just know three, four months down the line, it's going to ask for that money back. You got to invest in, you got to, you, you, it's your baby. You got to invest it. In, it's a, it's a truck. So the yeah. more you run it, the more money you make, the more damage you're doing to the truck. So you're going to have to put the money back to keep it running. Right. So mm-hmm. I tell people, treat yourself like a real CEO. Man, you, you want to get in the truck in the industry, man, get your money to, like, my mentor told me this, man. Like most millionaires and billionaires, live on a quarter of their income. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like well, a quarter of your income. He's like if you if you live if you can find a way to live on a quarter of the income you take on a 30 day basis, that means that anything happens, you have four times what it costs for you to live.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so I'm like, all right. Well, so you know what? So if you're making five thousand, four thousand, like let's say your truck budget for four thousand dollars a month, right? You don't have four thousand dollars. You have a thousand dollars for you to do whatever the heck you want with it. The other three thousand should be going to a, a savings account, escrow, backup, whatever it is. Let that money pile up, and then here's what you do: at the end of the year, let's say your let's say your truck runs for 12 months straight, no breakdown, like it's not down, right? So that means you you made a twelve thousand dollar um um you pay yourself like a, like a real business pay, so twenty five percent, put yourself on paper for a thousand dollars a month. That's a you know, that's a good passive, right? That's one truck, mm-hmm. but you're saving three thousand dollars a month. At the end of the year, if all if you save it is $36,000, you have in a savings account for life for breakdowns and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. At that point, you look at you look at your the, the escrow and the reserves you have, write yourself another 25% check as a year-end bonus. So you hear the CEOs that's like, you know what, man, I, this, this CEO of this per company, for, for the 500 company only made $300,000 last year. That is true. He got paid on a, on a salary month to month three three $300,000 for the year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But at the end of the year, his year-end bonus, Five
0: million dollars,
1: <laughs> <laughs> five million dollars. So, that like, people need to learn how to treat themselves that same way, even in real estate. I think you should do the same thing. You know, in-
0: that's no, you're absolutely right. Because I noticed that through the pandemic, I was shocked at how many of my colleagues like didn't have reserves. And I recognize that a lot of them are like they're, they're they own real estate, but they're still living check to check because they're spending that money as it comes in. So, that's when they come in. So,
1: like, yeah. so that's why I tell people, so like, if you live over on a quarter of your income, you treat it like a real business, don't get in this like like it's a game. You, it's a it's a real business. You can make a lot of money with what you can require. So like I, a lot of people I was helping making money, they would go three, four months, no breakdown, no maintenance, no nothing. Month truck is running. They're bringing in six, $7,000 a month. And this is, and then bam, a $6,000 breakdown happened. They're like, yo, man, I got to sell my truck, man. I don't got the money to pay for it. I'm like, mind you, I'm sitting here. I, I run their profit and loss statements. I'm like, yo, I just helped you make like $18,000 in three months. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not stupid. I, I see the numbers. I see the wires. I sent you. How don't you have six thousand dollars? Then then I go on their Instagram. They got the Rolex. That
0: they,
1: uh, they they're like, like, they doing. They're doing all this stuff. I, and I don't. I, I don't. Like, you know, I mean? People's life size is Their lifestyle. You do that. You do what you need to do. Yeah. Before yeah. Understand. But treat your business the way you need to treat your business.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Right. So that's, that's 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 some game right there because I think that applies not just to trucking, it's but life. to. Yeah, to life, whatever you're doing.
1: Uh, yeah, so yeah. That, uh, that's what. That's what, that, that's one of the mentalities I learned from my mentor. Like, he, uh,
0: so when, when in the
1: process of me and my wife, we, we was able to get debt free. Right, um, me. And, I actually did a podcast with Herman. We talked about that. And in order for us to get debt free, we had to like, at the time me and my wife were working our jobs. We had to live on a quarter of our income so that we could dump all our money into our debt. So we got we got our debt in a year. We paid off so her student loan, my student loan, debt paid everything. We were debt free in 2017. My, my wife was 20, 20. Wow, she was 22. Mm-hmm. Twenty three at the time, and we yeah, were
0: free. That like, nice.
1: there might not be everybody's a goal, but I didn't want to keep paying student.
0: Everybody every was making all this money. He's like, they're like sixty years old, still have student loan debt. I'm like, yo, come on. Yeah, that's 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 admirable, man. To knock that debt off like that. Um, so as you're building this out, right? So now you got your own fleet. You're helping other people set their fleet up. You're doing some management as well, um, mentorship as well. What does the future hold for you? What are some of the things that you're looking to do in the future? Are you looking to do anything outside of trucking, or just build this up as big as possible?
1: Yeah, so, so my goal is to get our, our management company to be the largest um, uh, management company in this area in the Northeast. Um, like, I'm not looking to get into being a trucking company. If I even if if I even start my own trucking company where I actually have my own MC on myself, that would be tricky for me. Like, I'm not doing this for, for me to put, put you know to, like I'm just gonna do that for me just for the fun of it. Uh, I want to grow our our Andre Family Enterprise Management to one of the largest fleet management company. There's there's company out there that are managing three hundred trucks. We're only at like right now. We just hit the surface of like 42 trucks. So Our goal is to get we get up
0: there. Hey so man, that, listen, that's 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 amazing. You said 42 trucks under management.
1: Yeah. Wow. wow. Congratulations.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So, our, our goal is to get it to the next batch. Um, the next batch to grow it. Um, I definitely want to start um, now that we're where things are settling down. I want to get back to the real estate because I, I tell people I'm like, hey, no, no matter what you do, you should at least get into real estate, own some type of real estate because that, that's that's real money. Yeah, I, land. Yep. People gotta remember, like back in the day, like that's that's like, that's the real tangible. To this day, kings and queens and what well, you go as far back biblical times, land was what's passed down from generation to generation to generation. Yeah, yeah. Not even the wealth that, not even the cash that they had. It was the land because when you have land, you have tangible. You have something you could build on. You have something long term. So I want to, I want to, I want to take the money I make from the truck and get into get into that. Um, be able to tap into that. Uh, I, I do some investment and, and, and you know, you, you told me to get off Robinhood, Hood. So I'm about to get off Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about
0: to get off Robin Hood. Um, <laughs> You know, it's funny you say that, right? So Eric, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Erica Williams, um, Erica Classy Climb. She She's a, she's an entrepreneur, but um, she she's gotten in the trucking game too. But she was in our podcast. One of the things she said was, she said, all roads lead back to real estate. And I agree with her. But she said that she got into trucking to get the income to buy more real estate. And okay. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, interesting. So yeah, all roads lead back to real estate. Got to, man. And then man, like, I, I just,
1: I just seen that cause like, here's why, cause my truck company, if you grow, I could run as much as I wanted, right? It's build ability, I could, build it, I could my, my son's name's on it, my daughter's name on it, they, this is their company if something happened to me. But that don't mean that that company's gonna be around after I die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They could yeah. run to the ground, but man, yeah. if I take that money we buy 150 acres, in the middle of North Philly, or in like wherever, where, yeah. wherever it is, it's kind of like you could you you, you could literally sit on that money. You don't got to, you don't got to do nothing. Just let the land let the land
0: be there and let the hey, land be yeah. left for you. Yeah, Erica's dope. One of the things she did was she started buying like um pieces of land for the people to park their trucks on, right? So she went down the different routes that she had and was buying that's like crazy. like rest stops, like yeah, so.
1: so you know, that's what I, um, I'm working with a commercial realtor now to do. Uh, I want I want to start to vertically integrate. My uh, my involvement in the trucking, so now we got trucks that's running. I want now I want to tap into uh, like finding a tr- actually trucks uh, uh, a land where we could um, park the truck do tr- a parking, but I also have a shop there. Got you. So you look at them and those trucks be parked there whenever they come home. They park it it's small maintenance, detail stuff that they need to be done. Boom, I'm, you're, you're parking here anyway. Let's let's change your tire for you before you get on the road and like offer this kind of services. I'm not doing a full shop, but just mm-hmm. those basic things that save people millions. Versus your truck having a blowout in the middle of the street. You yeah, I mean, you park here. You know, here's a package. You know what I mean? If you pay X amount of dollars, this cover, uh, this amount of tires for you. So you know, put them in a the, the monthly subscription where they could make the, their small tire chains on that stuff, make it it's quite, uh, actually more efficient. So like that's, I, I that's
0: now, now you're talking like, OK, so you got some ideas, man. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, what you what you build out there, man. So uh, congratulations on all your success. And, um you know I look forward to seeing just how, how how big you grow this company man but thank you for sharing your story with our audience man this' has been pretty dope man and your, your journey is amazing man you love the movie coming from Haiti and to, to finding what you're doing now
1: yes, um, I, I thank God I thank my parents for doing the sacrifice and what they did and I just think everybody that's played a part in helping me move forward man like, like I'm not gonna start naming names but they all know who they are because right, I am I, I, I tell people at the time I'm like my the success that quote-unquote andre fan process has done is not for me Is I'm, I'm a representation of all the people that stand behind me.
0: It, yeah. just
1: me it just let me be the face so so i thank y'all
0: yeah it's important to say man there's no such thing as anybody i've never met a self-made millionaire right People all would time that's the dumbest thing you had help somehow yeah everybody has to you yeah. have to right <laughs> like, you might have yeah. put a lot of work in but yeah you're right Absolutely, man. So listen, for our audience out there, um, make sure that you check out that everything the brother has going on. I'll leave all the links to his, his products as well as his Instagram. Um, make sure you give him a follow, shoot him a message and you know let him know you heard this episode. But also just see how he builds the business out. And if you're interested in getting in the business, make sure you get in contact with him as well because he does offer mentorship. He shows you how to get into the trucking business, man. Um, but again, much continued success, man. I appreciate you for your time and thank you so much for sharing your story with our audience, brother. Thank you brother, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. To our audience out there, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates and we shall see you guys in our next episode. Peace.